This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek show number 564 with guest Sammy Collison, recorded on March 2nd, 2023. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all of it favorite tech gadgets that find their way in your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Carlson, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios here in a beautiful Bellevue, Nebraska. We got some 50s and 60s on the slate as I'm looking at the weather station. And of course, we'll post the show. We'll post the, yeah, we'll post the show with world-class show notes over at TheAverageGuy.tv. Don't forget this episode. Affiliate sponsor is Nespresso. Use the code mqu 328 and Sammy, I know you told me like you could come up with a better link for that, but that's not the way it works. Like, Fair enough. You have to you have to have the code and mm. take it over to Nespresso.com. And if you did that, you get forty dollars off your first machine, your first Nespresso machine. Give it a try. They'll also, I think they're also sending you a uh, well, what do they say, a free capsule dispenser. So if you're drinking bad coffee and stuff, there's there's Keurig's okay. It's not that great, just to be honest. Nespresso, much better. Give it a try. Check it out. The code is MQU328. Get $40 off your first machine. Give it a try. Stop drinking bad coffee. Big thanks to Randy Walker, who joined us last week. Always great to have him on the show. Longtime listener, first-time guest. And Randy, thanks for coming on. You did a great job and appreciate that. Big thanks to our Patreon subscribers as well. If you're finding value in this podcast, you can join the Patreon team. Plans start at 5 bucks. TheAverageGuy.tv slash Patreon, and we appreciate those guys that do it. And then big thanks. We're on the last week of beer from John, although full transparency, I already drank it. <laughs> so it was one of those. Remember back in the day, Uyghur would drink the beers before we get to the show. I'd send him beers, and he would drink them. Uh, this one got open by mistake. And once it's open, Sammy, right? Once it's open, you got to drink it, right? Yeah. It, it, it's kind of got the, the clock starts ticking for yeah. how good it is. And it's, it's prime in that first hour. <laughs> so, and especially a stout, super delicious. Sure. John, thanks for sending those beers for the month of February. Starting next week, we have four beers from Aaron. Uh, she sent them from Alberta. So we're going to be talking about some Canadian beer and not, not quite as like, these have been eight, 9%. Those are like four. So maybe I'll make it to the end of a show. You've heard from her. <laughs> Already, and uh, Sammy, my daughter, is with us tonight. Sammy, welcome back to Home Gadget Geeks. Glad to be back. Good to, good to have you. Let's catch people up. What have you been up to? You, you say what you want about the last year. What have you been up to? Uh, it's been bonkers, but long and short of it is I dropped out of school and I got a job at the library. <laughs> because I was just like, I'm, I kept trying to do something that I wasn't good at. And I was like, why don't I just do something I am good at? Yeah. So I yeah. applied for a circulation desk job at my local library and got hired. And I have been working there a little more than a month now, I think. And I love it. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. You kept like you come home. I'd be like, well, how was work? And you tell me all these crazy things that you were doing at the library, all these things that were available. Oh, they're handing out gift cards today. And oh, they're doing this today. And all oh, they're doing that today. And um, I was like, what what is this place like what is this this i've always thought it so the bellevue public library where you're working is literally just two blocks away from us 
And so you drive down there, but you could, you could walk. I mean, I walked most of my life going to and from, you'll probably do some more walking down there. But, um, I would just kind of thought it was a, like a dirty room with a bunch of old books, but you, you like, and I thought like three people ran the place and all there's like a giant staff and they have all these positions and all these people stuff. And you, all these people come and like, I was like, real that library, that place. So I wanted to spend a little time tonight because there's so many, I think, cool things. I think sometimes we forget like the power of a local public library. You wouldn't think Bellevue, Nebraska. Now it is the Bellevue is the third largest city in Nebraska. So Omaha one, Lincoln two, Bellevue three. So it's not tiny, but for for most places, if you're a listener, a regular listener, you probably live in a bigger town. Just to be honest, you probably live. I don't know. We're fifty or sixty thousand, maybe something like that, here in here in Bellevue. But our library does pretty well. Um, Sammy, start. Tell us a little bit about your position. What do you What do you do in there? What do you What do you say you do for the library? So I work. I'm a, I'm technically a clerk. So I work at the front desk. So I my main job, like ninety nine percent of well ninety percent of what I do, is checking books in, checking people out, answering the phone, and helping people find things. But there's also like the the job description when I applied is is like a page and a half. There's a million other things that I do to help out other people who work at the library, to help patrons find things, helping people with the things we're going to talk about later, like computers and the makerspace. I I am like a one woman show. All of us who work at the front desk are skilled in doing almost everything at the library. And the training period is actually six months officially because that's how long it takes to actually learn everything that you have to do there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to it. You had spent a lot of time though at the library before I, when, so when true. that job opened up, right. I mean, talk a little bit about uh, your, your time growing up. It's not like you didn't like going there, right? No, I've always loved the library. I've always been a big reader and because it was only like two blocks away, I'd walk down there, especially in the summer if I was bored. Um, or I just wanted to get out of the house. I'd walk down to the library and hang out there. Um, and obviously, like the books are the were the biggest draw for me, but also the fact that they have a computer lab and digital services. And it's just it's just a nice like it's not too quiet. It's not eerily quiet, but it's usually the volume is kept to a low murmur. So it's always been like the perfect volume of noise for me. And so whenever I'm like, I just need to be comforted. I'm just going to go to the library and stand between the shelves in the nonfiction section and just let my brain calm down. (laughs) That's been a good job for you. It's been a perfect, I don't know why we didn't er do it earlier, but we didn't. And now you're there and you're having a great time. So we're, we're glad you are. We, um, so beyond the books, which I think is, you know, when I mentioned just kind of old smelly books, uh, when you think of the library and they're not, they have a lot of, they circulate a lot of new books through there. That's what you may know is it's your public library. But talk a little bit more about what what from a from technology gadget perspective what what else is available? Uh, our most used technology is our computer lab and our iPads. So we have um, I believe it's six computers and I think like ten iPads that you can check out and use in the library. And we get a lot of people using those. You can use them for up to two hours. It's free, whether you have a card or whether you don't, you can get a guest pass, even if you don't have a library card and use our computers. Um, and a lot of people get on there to print because we we have printers and a copy machine. And it's 
it's it costs a little bit of money to print because the ink is expensive. But a lot of people who don't have printers at home or don't have computers at home come in and use our computers, especially for like job applications or online orientation or online classes. It's really nice to be able to use something for free that is normally incredibly expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, a lot, a lot of folks have moved phones, right. But there Mm -hmm. are still, there are still folks who don't have that or they want to come in and just, right. You get folks who want to come down and read the paper or just spend Mm -hmm. some time on a computer. They don't, they maybe don't want to own or maintain their own and they just want it for an hour or two a day. You, You get some regulars like that, right? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Can I, can I, there, can I, there's a lady who comes in and just plays solitaire. <laughs> Sounds like my mom or my dad. Yep. <laughs> one of the two. Can you get a cup of coffee there? Is that? Is yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. We got, we got coffee. You can get coffee or tea for a buck. We got a Keurig machine. Mm-hmm. Not um, an espresso. Bring, not I mean, an espresso. Hey, code, maybe if somebody wants to donate an espresso to the library, that would be tight. 328 <laughs> Nespresso.com. Check that out. Not that we're pimping that or anything, but what other kind of tech? So, Computers, iPads, what else is available? Um, so we got the copy machine and the fax machine, pretty yep. standard stuff. Yep. But the most special thing that I'm really excited about is we have the makerspace, mm. which is my coworker, Connie. This is her baby. This is her project. So in the room where we used to have the computer lab, we have a bunch of specialized machines. And we get them through an interconnected Nebraska library program. But we are the permanent home of a laser cutter. So you can etch into things like wood and plastic and glass. And then we have a couple rotating machines right now. If I recall correctly, I'll try to remember them all. We have sewing machines, uh, an embroidery machine. We have a heat press for a flat heat press for t-shirts and a round heat press for mugs. We have Cricut machines for cutting out die cuts and like stickers. Um, We have a 3D printer. And let's see, is that everything? There's so many machines that it's hard to remember them all. Where, where are I think they? that's all the ones off the top of my head. Are they like set up in a lab somewhere? Yes. Or? So there's a room that's like off the side right next to it's in the room where the computers used to be. It's next to where the computers currently are. And they're they're all set up on tables around the wall. And you can set up an appointment with our adult services staff, get trained in how to use the machines. And then you can come in basically anytime and use the machines just for the cost of materials. So we can you can buy materials from us or bring in your own materials and use them yeah. with our machines. Yeah, it really is. I've been talking about doing 3D printing. It's really the place I probably need to go. Yeah. To do that. I still need to go. <laughs> Since you started, I haven't gone to the library. But yeah, I, I was like, oh, was last time I, think, I think your card isn't even in the system anymore. I looked. Well, I I knew, really? There. Yeah. I think it's been so long that they just purged you from the system. Well, can I get my number back or do I have to get a whole new No, you got to get a new number. Uh, uh, it has been a long time. Since, been a hot I, minute. since I did that couple questions uh coming in from the chat room uncle marv's asking if they um do you still have physical papers do you guys get sure do we yeah. still get regular papers for the regional newspapers i don't know what we get in terms of national newspapers and then i think we keep a six-month back catalog of periodicals and then we got a bunch of magazines too yeah do you have the papers i always uh remember going to the library and they had these wooden long wooden poles and the papers were on the poles and they were, uh, we got magazine, we got a magazine rack over in the reference section and you can just yeah. pull them out. We got a regular who comes and reads the paper every morning and gets a cup of coffee. Oh. Yeah. When I was in the military, I, I visited when before I got married, I visited the library a lot. I was, I was there quite a bit. Then they, they had, 
it's and I read quite a few books that way. It took them to the field with me, some of those kinds of things. John, that's a good question. What kind of security do you have on those computers to ensure they're not infected and some of the do you know? I don't know exactly what the program is called, but we do. So we have two, there's two different programs on, or it might be part of the same program. There's a program that locks the computer. So you have to either use your library card or guest pass to log on. But there's also basically every night, the computer's essentially factory reset. There's Mm -hmm. a couple programs that get, that stay on the computers. But if you download something by the next day, it's gone. Yeah. So the, the computers are constantly resetting for that, for that safety and security and for our patron security. So that way, Anything that they had downloaded on the on the computers to print, we don't hold on to. Yeah, um, Best Buy has a like a kiosk mode that they put all their computers mm-hmm. into, and if you search the web or do anything on that computer, as soon as the screensaver comes on, it wipes out. Like mm-hmm. so, basically everything you're doing kind of is just in cache, and then as soon as the screensaver comes on, it's all reset. So that resets. Like every for every customer that way. Yeah, ours resets for every login, like all the data that's been downloaded, and then the computer is a hard reboot at night. Yeah. And like we have no, we as the staff have no control over it. Yeah. It like when the time the library closes, the computers do it on their own. Oh man! And then that... when they when we're when it's time to open, the computers all turn on. Wow! Who? So somebody must manage. They, somebody like... must do that. Somebody for the city of Bellevue probably does that. <laughs> Uh, that's that's a, a, a pretty cool idea. Brian likes the idea. He says, fantastic idea. Use the machines, but pay for the materials. Yeah, copy machine model for the 21st century. Yeah, do you find, does the 3D printer, like in the time that you've been there, does the th- has the 3D printer got used at all? Yep. And and Connie, our adult services, uh, one of our adult services librarians uses it all the time. Really? What is like, what does she print? Do you know? Do you I to... don't know. Like charms and gadgets. And uh-huh. she's always, uh, she's always like, oh, I got somebody coming in for the 3D printer today. So I, I don't like, I'm not nosy enough to like know yeah. all the specifics, but there are people using it. There's people in and out of there pretty much every day. Well, that's good. Those things keeps them used, keeps them, mm-hmm. you know, so they don't Warm, get keeps them yeah, working, keeps them, keeps, keeps them going. John says, maybe is it possible to reset after each logout? Do they log in or they just stay yeah. log in? Yeah, they log in and they log out. Yeah. And it, it logs you out automatically at, from disuse after a certain amount of time. And uh, it logs you out after your two hours are up okay. for the day. Joe says there used to be a thing called Horm. Uh, hibernate once, resume many. Yeah, well, it's uh, the, the I think I think we've gotten that problem solved as far as having computers in public and mm-hmm. whatever in kiosk mode or whatever. Um, oh, he meant is can you reboot the computer after each? Uh, well, maybe, but it sounds like they've got a pretty they've got pretty they've got a pretty control. good system. And I think we can manually reboot um, if it's necessary because sometimes the computer is janky and you just got to reboot it and then it works again. <laughs> yeah. Huh. yeah, even in the library, reboot. Yep. Even at the library, you just got to turn it off and then back on again. Reboot works. Okay, this was an area that was a little bit of a surprise to me. Not that they had these, but. Uh, many they had talk a little bit about all the leisure passes that you can oh, get yes i love the leisure passes so we have passes they're one day passes to various places we've got the durham museum in downtown omaha uh the children's museum which is our most popular pass lawrence and gardens up in omaha uh fontenelle forest in bellevue and the the b-cycles the electric bikes in omaha and you can check those out for a day or the, the, you can use the pass for one day, um, but you get it checked out for five days. 
So you can check it out on like a Thursday and go on a Saturday. And we, those are really popular. Like the children's museum and the Durham passes are never on our shelf for more than like a couple hours. People come in multiple times a day and you can't put a hold on them because they're in such high demand. So people will just come in and be like, you got the pass. And if, if we do, they're lucky and they get it. Yeah. We have a new science STEM center going in downtown. Mm -hmm. I I imagine though, does who, does the library buy those individually? And Um, then how does that work? I think it is part of our, part of our budget. If I'm, I don't quote me on this because I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure it is part of our budget. However, the zoo passes, we, we occasionally, we're getting our last batch before the fall on April 1st, where the zoo will donate 151 day passes that we just give out to anybody who has a card that's in good standing. So like they don't have any fines on their account or overdues. And that just helps promote the zoo during their off season so they're kind of trying to get people to come in so they'll want to come back and those are fully free the zoo just gives us those but i think the passes i think we pay for the membership they might give us a discount but i don't know for sure yeah 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 no i was just surprised at all those you know omaha's you know we're not a huge metro but we've got some nice places you can go get tickets for i wish they had um you know, baseball tickets for like the college would, world series. That would be dope. That would be pretty cool. Um, the e-bikes one, the, the, you know, we have, we have a, it's called B cycle here in town. Yeah. And, and I was, I actually had a really discounted um, right before the pandemic. I had a really discounted rate through our, through my employer, through Gallup. And we lost all that pandemic went down. I thought actually they'd go out of business during that pandemic, but nope, they, they stayed around. In fact, they grew. And you can go, um, you can go to the library. I may actually, as spring comes around and the weather gets a little nicer, I may try to snag some B cycle. Yeah, um, the B cycle passes and the and the Fontenelle Forest passes we have the most of, and they stay on the shelf for the longest. So I recommend getting those because they're always there. Mm. Alex says uh, at our old local library, we'd use those to take the kids to museums. I'd go first thing in the morning before work and try to get one. And I think that happens too, right? For you is a lot yep. of folks. Yeah. We, the, the zoo pass day, people line up an hour before we open. Yeah. That's crazy. And we'll, we'll usually open the doors and like get them into a meeting room. So they're not like waiting in the cold, but people get really excited about the zoo passes. Mm-hmm. I th- see, I had no idea there was a rush on zoo There's passes. A rush on zoo passes. They're free and they're for two adults and six children. So like you could, if you got a big family, you could take them. Yeah, it's just down the street. This is a crazy thing. Like, this has been happening under my nose. It's like a secret world right next to your house. (laughs) It's it it is crazy as you were telling me about this. Alex also says, unfortunately, the library where we are now doesn't have that anymore. And I wonder, you know, the Omaha public system is pretty big, right? It's probably there's a lot of libraries in the Omaha system. I don't know, 15, 20 libraries, right? And I kind of wonder, it gets me thinking, I wonder what's available, what they have available. Is it similar or different? It's possible it's similar. I know that the Omaha libraries also, some of them also have Fontenelle Forest passes, so they might also Mm. have some of the other passes. Mm. Um, But you never know. It's worth checking. And also the thing about that is the more you use your library, the more money they get most of the time. Also, Mm. if you give them money, then they have more money. And so a lot of the times when when those types of services go away, it's because the library is underfunded. Most libraries are underfunded. We have to charge memberships for people outside of city limits because we're not funded by the county. And so if you want good things from your library, you got to support your library. Yeah. Even just getting a library card helps. 
Oh, guilty. That's my that's my soapbox. Guilty. My my. <laughs> it's been so long. Mine was canceled. My shirt current. I I wore this to work. Support your local library. Nice. <laughs> did you did you make that or did you buy? No, it? No, I bought it. Okay. I bought it online. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian asks, Sammy, does the library participate in the library overdrive system? Those are ebooks or audiobooks that you can get in an app. We sure do. I love Libby. I use Libby more than the physical library, I think, honestly. Really? In what um, in what way? Tell me in what way. Uh, I get a lot of I I borrow a lot of ebooks and read them on my Kindle. Which is amazing. It's the greatest. And it's more convenient, especially if it's really hot or really cold and I don't want to go all the way. I mean, this is before I worked there. Right. But if I didn't want to go all the way down to the library, or they have things in the digital collection that they don't have in the physical collection. Yeah. Or if I'm traveling and want to download a bunch of books onto my Kindle so that way I don't have to bring like five books into the car with me or on a plane. Yeah. Um, and then audiobooks we also have. So you can borrow those just like a regular book, but it goes onto your phone. Or your tablet, and then you can, if it's a ebook, you can send it to your Kindle and read it on there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's great. Yeah, I think and it's I free. Used, if you have a library card, it's free. I think I used Overdrive at one point. So my card must have worked. At some point. At some point in the last I 10 years. I think we purged a bunch of cards in the no, pen. No, no right? it's okay. I'm, I'm not that better. I mean, I am kind of bitter, but I'm not I'm not. You should have used your library um, card, my guy. Um, yeah, well. Okay, you know, easy on me. Uh, Uncle Marv <laughs> says, do you offer streaming with Canopy or Hoopla? I don't think so. Okay. If we do, then I don't know about it. And the funding, Ken says, where's the local, where's the funding come from? Local, state, uh, federal? City taxes. And then from things like donations, membership fees, book sales, et cetera. Book sales. Our, well, our, our fees for like late books go straight to the city. But anything else that you buy from the library, we have a lot of fundraising endeavors. Those go straight to us. So like the coffee pods go to us. Um, buying books from our book sale room goes to us. All of that. And then the city taxes. Mm -hmm. um, this is this was the biggest surprise to me that there was a ton. Yeah, it's like there's a ton of employees there. I was thinking mm -hmm. like three people run the whole library. I mean, how hard can it be? It's books. Check them out. How many, how many do you think are on staff at our, at our I, library? Hold on. I actually might have the staff. I'm not going to show you the staff roster, but no. I might be able to count approximately how many people are on staff. Um, like, yeah, give me a round, a big round number. You know, it's so it's, about 25 are yeah, on my staff roster, not including the board. Yeah. The board is 10, I think, or eight. Yeah. And it's one, it's just one building, right? One building. One building. It's yeah. pretty small. We're moving in a, about a year and a half, but yeah. yeah, it. You're actually moving into an old Gallup building. We are <laughs> moving into an old Gallup call center. It wasn't wasn't our. It, we didn't own it. We just we yeah. we rented the space there. It. But, um, uh, that's true. So John says I'm getting schooled by you. That's always nice. He also says all the books that he wants are backed up for months on a waiting list. Do you guys have quite, I mean, do, do you get a, yeah, we get, you some, manage we get some waiting lists and like, I do a lot of the holds and like, I'll check in a book and it'll immediately like give me a pop up and it's like, this book is on hold. And there's certain books, like really books that we know are going to be popular and are new. We get multiple copies of, and then when they start to die off in popularity, we'll sell the extra copies in the book sale room. But uh, like some books are just popular and we just can't afford to have that many copies of them. So we get the wait list and some books are just like, they don't touch the shelf for months. Colleen Hoover books, most of them don't touch the shelves for at least a year after they've been released. Mm. 
And so like, that's the thing about free books is sometimes you got to wait for them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I will end up buying a book because I know that I'm going to be on a wait list for like six months. <laughs> yeah. That's hard, hard to get. Is part of your responsibility you call if like when something comes in, it's on hold, you, yep. you call. So our and... system, if uh, you have a cell phone number and you agree to get text messages, or if you have an email address with us, our system will automatically tell people when I scan a book and it says this hold is available. As soon as I scan it, it sends that person a text or an email. But some people don't have that, especially older folks. So I end up calling them. I literally, especially if it's slow, I'll be like, oh, it's Janet. And I'm like, <laughs> at some point, I'm going to have these people's phone numbers memorized. Because I know there's like five of them that I'm calling all the time because they're always getting books on hold. And I'm always having to call them. But it's exciting to call for holds because it's always good news. Like calling people for overdues is the worst because they're just like upset about it. And it's like, you got to turn it in or pay us money or both. But calling people for holds, I'm like, great news. The book you want, it's here. And they're like, I'll be there. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah. It, well, I mean, they'll probably get to know your voice too. If you're mm-hmm. if you're there for Absolutely. a while. Like, oh, Sammy's calling. It's, it's the library. It's going to be it's Sammy. Funny. Brian's asking, curious about the demographic data. Do you find that eBooks and audiobooks tend to be younger patrons compared to hard copy books you maybe you haven't been there long enough to know but any thoughts on that um i think that's likely um i think that a lot of patrons um a lot of older patrons want the physical books because they want our large print section our large print section has grown exponentially in the time that i have lived in this city it used to be like two shelves next to the nonfiction section and now we replaced most of our reference section with the large print section mm-hmm. it's probably five or six floor to ceiling shelves full of large print books. And so um, older folks, especially if they don't have like an iPad and they're, they, it's hard for them to see, like even if they zoom in really hard on their phone, um, it's still too small. And yeah. so like a physical book with large print is super useful for them. Well, I think the younger folks are less picky. I think that they'll take wh- whatever it's available on. And we do have audiobooks on CD. Um, but I think people tend to do those just for their cars because most people don't have CD players. Um, and if they're listening anywhere else other than their car, then they'll get audiobooks through Libby. That's my conjecture. That's what you, that's what you think. <laughs> yeah, well, my experiences. Yeah, no, it's, it's, um, it's always an interesting, you know, it, it it's an environment that it's, I mean, you would think, I mean, it's, it's pretty diverse as far for as sure. people who come in people who get the books, who, who get books and the different kinds of things. It's been a while. I mean, uh, I, since I've been in and, and I remember, you know, you could go, you get movies for a while. Mm-hmm. Can you still? Yep. Can you, we still got still? lots of DVDs and wow. CDs. We're one of the last libraries that still has music CDs. Um, cause they're hard to secure the, the CD cases that lock are hard to yeah. get. They don't make them anymore. Um, but we still got, we still got a bunch of them. That's crazy. That's crazy. For adults and kids. Yeah. No, right on. Um, uh, this is an area that I have, you know, I've been talking about doing a meetup forever, but I haven't been able to pull one off. Could I do a meetup at a local library? Do you guys have a room big enough? I could get a, you, you know, sure you can. So we have a large meeting room and a small meeting room. Um, every library is different. Some libraries have private study spaces. We don't have any of those, but we do have a big meeting room and that's the room that the library, when it hosts polling, would we vote? That's my voting place. Um, and that's where they have voting. So it's a pretty sizable meeting room. They do Qantas meetings in there. We did an author fest recently where we got a bunch of local authors to come in and sign books and meet some folks. 
um, and kind of promote their work and engage with community. And so we had probably, I think like a dozen authors Mm -hmm. in that room. So it's pretty sizable and it's free to rent as long as it's available during that time. And like, we have a fellowship group that meets in the small meeting room every Thursday. And so like, they're, they're always there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. It's your good. local library and see if they've got a room for you. Yeah, there's not too many hotels in that part of town, but <laughs> it uh, it could be, it could be a place for. And also, to... hotels are pricey. They are well, they're but pricey. I was thinking, you know, people are coming in from out of town to do a True. meetup, to do a tech meetup. That's a little bit. Although right now, with as expensive as everything is, you know, everything's just... expensive except the library, which is free. That's true. Maybe it'll make a comeback. Um, but okay, so besides books, we talked a little bit about audiobooks and DVDs, but there's others, there's like some other things that you wouldn't think you could check out at the library. That oh, yeah, so like. we got some random things. So we have uh cake pans, mm-hmm. which we start, we I think we got the we started getting those like two or three years ago. I think it was like just before the pandemic, we got those. Uh, time is soup. So you can check out a, a, a fun-shaped cake pan to make a cake in. Because uh, that's one of those things that like you don't want to buy for yourself and then have it cluttering up your house. So why not just borrow it from the library? Um, we also have puzzles and board games, which are super popular. Most of those get used in-house, but uh, a lot of people with kids will check those out and use those, which is nice. We got a pretty sizable puzzle collection. We get, we get some good donations from those. Did you say board games? We got board games. Got we got lots games. of board games. Yeah. So another, uh, do, do you like when you check those in and out, does somebody look to make sure like all the. Uh, occasionally, usually it's a, it's a pretty solid honor system. I think occasionally if it's really slow and like something needs to be done, somebody will go through and make sure all the pieces are in there. But um, we don't sweat that one too much. Mm. I, when, with you, like, CDs and DVDs, we check every time. We're like, we got to make sure it's all in there. With the board games, I think we're trusting patrons to tell us if something is missing. <laughs> Any uh, whiskey and cigar rooms at the? No, those are on. No. My, those are on my back deck. Yeah, that's, nope. That's, that's that's for outside. That's for us. That's for outside. Although nobody's ta- nobody's stopping you from sitting in the grass. I don't know in in Bellevue. I wonder if. As long as you're clean and not there too long. <laughs> okay. You can hang right. out outside. There's picnic tables outside. Probably don't is. smoke too close to people or the building, yeah. but um, yeah. no, well, you can we'll, probably just hang out with some friends and have a we'll picnic. do it in the backyard. That That's yeah. uh, that, that's what I built that for. Um, when we think of the human capital, like of folks in the library, you know, you always kind of think, well, how hard is it to put a book on the shelf? But there's a lot more to it than that, right? I mean, what do you think your coworkers bring to the, just the overall experience of the library? Well, several, almost, or other than like the shelvers and the main front desk staff, pretty much everybody who works at the library has a degree, many of them in library science. So they specialize in being able to help you, the patron, find what you're looking for, whether that's material that we have or whether you need to look something up. Like we have a, we have reference sections, we have books, we got phone books, we got maps, we got SAT and ACT study guides. We we've got this, that, and the other, and we've got people who are experts at looking things up on the internet. Honestly, um, I think Christine has a master's in library science. So if there's something that needs to be found, she will find it online or in our in our collection. And yeah. even those of us who don't have degrees, 
have expertise in a myriad of things because a lot of us have either gone to college and not finished or finished. Um, and so we, we just have a base of knowledge and a lot of us are readers. So we know a lot, we can give recommendations. We can help people find things out in the stacks in the nonfiction section that sometimes seems incredibly daunting. So there's a lot of things we get. I get a lot of phone calls about the randomest things and I'm like, I'll help you find out the answer to your question. That's what I'm here for. They really just call to ask a question. They call and they're like, somebody asked me like what time, uh, what was it? Was it a game or was it a music thing? There was something that somebody called me and they're like, what time is this thing? And I was like, I'll have Connie mm. Google it for you. Mm. Hmm. It's Did- our job to just be there and help people. There's a lending library thing that goes on citywide or like where if I, if they don't have it, they can get it from another library. Yes, what's that? That called? is actually the interlibrary loan system is nationwide. Oh. So if we don't have a book and another library does, you can pay $3 and they'll ship it to us and we can check it out to you. Mm-hmm. So if, if we got to ship something from New York, it's $3. If it's from oh. the Plattsmouth library, three dollars but that's a lot cheaper than a twenty dollar book but do you have somebody that that's their job right yeah that would have one person whose whole job is interlibrary loans and getting those books to us and then sending them back when they're done that's crazy yeah that's crazy Mm -hmm. yeah she's really good at it (laughs) that's pretty cool i mean that you just think about that i i think that price is gonna have to go up but you know because even shipping's got more expensive right but what a, what a great value to be able to you know say oh hey I really need this book, you know what about this does Bellevue I know some libraries you know protect like local documents or local history or local heritage does does our library have any of that where they're they're kind of I the, think we the do have some back in the office there's a locked cabinet that's got some old books in it mm. that I'm pretty sure are historical artifacts. <laughs> So like we've got we've got some stuff and I've handled some books and some like pamphlets that are like at least 50 years old. Yeah. Like there's some old information in our library that I'm sure that there's some city history because it's the oldest city in Nebraska. It's the first city. Yeah. Shout out Bellevue. the Fontenelle family. Yeah. Yeah. Bellevue was here in at least in yep. Nebraska. So there's, there's some there's some old documents and such. In, mm-hmm. in our building <laughs> that I haven't touched, but they're there. Joe, you just made a comment. You made us feel old, Sammy, by the way. I'm just going to tell you. He says, hey, now, 50 isn't 50 isn't I think that 50 is the is the, the threshold for when something is antique. Oh, well, your dad's your dad's vintage getting to be is an 20 antique. years. 50, I believe, is I antique. Vintage is older, though. I think vintage is, is vintage, like, maybe vintage is 50 and antique is a hundred. Let's see. Well, let's, let's, uh, there's some uh, sort of threshold at 50. You're going to Google it. How old is vintage? Let's see. Does it say it's thinking? Um, uh, it's used to describe items that are from a previous era, but the exact age range can be, uh, de- can vary depending mm-hmm. on the context. In general, vintage refers to items that are at least 20 years old old but less than a hundred however in the context of wine in the context of wine uh, vintage refers to the year in which the grapes were harvested and can be used to describe wine that is several decades old it's important to know that the definition of vintage can also be subject subjective and can vary depending upon the item 
an individual using the term. So when you use it, it might be different than when it might be different than somebody when, else. When I how I use it. Yeah, Uncle Marv, I just I did. I used Chat GPT to, to, to You didn't Google it? I didn't Google. No, I used wow. ChatGPT. I have I I, I just maybe that's the, why I'm finding things faster than you. It's very possible. Um I said uh, I asked Chat GPT, what are the benefits of your local library? And it, it said to me, there are many benefits to your local library, including I won't read it all, but Access to information, free resources, community gathering place, lifelong learning, support for literacy, and preservation of cultural heritage. That allowed me to ask that last question. That wasn't on your notes. I it wasn't on my chat. notes. What else? Anything else? Chat. Anything else? Like, what it, have you learned anything uh, about yourself or about the library in the? Have, is it been um, two months? Yet? I think or? I interact with kids a lot more than I did before. Um, we got a lot of homeschooling families who come to the library all the time and they'll check out, they'll place a hold for like 20 books at a time. And so I'll put those on the hold shelf and then they'll come in and I'm like, here's your stack of books. Um, but like I get to interact with those people because I'm spending so much time checking them out and like hanging out with their kids. Um, oh, speaking of kids, we got a thing called Beanstack. I forgot to put Beanstack on the notes. All right. uh, Beanstack is a reading challenge website that we do that especially for kids and young adults for teens um for adults you just get digital badges for your reading challenges but we still do them because we have a competitive spirit but for the kids and for the teens they can get physical stuff for reading so we have prizes for them and they can get free books we have carts in the back full of books that we can give out give away to people for just reading for just participating in reading that's cool um to yeah. it's like the book it program but you don't just get pizza you also get more books how many free pizzas do you think you got for? Oh, at least 20. <laughs> I got a lot of, I got a lot of personal pan pizzas. Through the book like I was always, there's a pizza hut across town. Yeah. And it always seemed like I was, I was taking you to, we'd call them. Hey, do you take the book at pizza? Can, coupons? Book at and can I get free pizza? You, I read my books. So it's an app. Uh, and you. Uh, yeah, it's a web app and you can also do it. So you can do it on your phone or on your computer and you can just log your reading minutes. I do it because I'm competitive with my coworkers, but it's <laughs> always they? exciting when somebody comes in and we're like, we got bean stack minutes. And I'm like, you get a brag tag and a free book. And I get to pull out the cart and it's, it's like Christmas. It's amazing. Oh, that's nice. One that's of the nice. greatest things I get to do. I you, love giving people things. <laughs> what What do you think the difference you're studying? You were studying journalism when you were at Correct. Northwestern Missouri State. What do you think the difference now that you're working in the library? What do you think the difference for you has been in those working those two different jobs? What is the what's the library done for you? Maybe that that journalism didn't or just kind of compare because most of the listeners know you were going for that program. I don't know. Just just any any thoughts on that and the difference between those two for you? I think journalism was really hard on me because it's one, it's way more fast paced and you're on a deadline. At the library, if the books don't check, get checked in today, they'll get checked in tomorrow. Like it's not, it's not a big sweat. We'll put it; they'll they'll get back on the shelf eventually. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> we're kind of just beholden to ourselves and making sure that our patrons are served. And so, as long as that's done, that the deadlines are uh, not super urgent. Mm-hmm. So, working on deadlines was really difficult, and also just like having to ask people for information that they didn't want to tell me was really hard on my psyche. Mm-hmm. Um. And it was just, I was just, it just felt like I was delivering bad news constantly. Mm. And I like that now I get to deliver good news 90% of the time. Yeah. And whenever somebody has a question for me, 
it's my job to help them answer. And that's really fulfilling um, to feel like every day I am helping somebody and I am bringing someone joy rather than delivering the doom and gloom of the world to people's doorsteps or phones. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What, what do you think? um, What do you, what do you think that experience though of four years journalism school, what, what parts of it prepared you a little bit or a lot of it for what you're doing right now? Do you think there's some direct correlation in there? I think so. Like a lot of it was my people skills and like working with a team and working with working in a environment where even though there was kind of an authority structure, it was kind of in general a democracy. Um, and that's similar to the way that the library works. I do have my bosses, but they're as much my coworkers as they are my bosses because they work at the front desk with me. We do a lot of the same things. Um, and also conflict resolution. You get people at the library who don't want to pay their bills. They don't want to pay a membership or um, they're going through a hard time. And so they just want to yell at you about something or, or maybe they're, they have some sort of disability and they're feeling ornery or don't realize, don't, aren't reading the social cues, like all of those things. And like journalism will throw you, there's no frying pan. It's you just jump immediately into the fire when it comes to conflict. I was constantly getting, having to diffuse arguments with people. And so even though I do that less now, I'm way more prepared for it when it does happen. I'm very calm under pressure and helping people to calm down when they're getting really worked up. And, um, and also it helps that in this case, it's not the end of the world. If, if somebody's having a bad time, usually their, their issues are actually in reality, small potatoes, their, their feelings are not small potatoes, but it's easier to manage your feelings when the, what you're having feelings about isn't as pressing as something that I might be interviewing someone about for a newspaper. Cause like, that's their, that's their life and their livelihood and their job or like the company or the school that they're protecting. That's, that's bigger potatoes. Yeah, I think it's a good pivot for you. I mean, I, I, you know, I think about, I did five years in the, in the army and I wasn't a very good soldier, just to be honest, it wasn't very good. And, and I took a job bank in retail banking and I was a better banker than I was a soldier, but I'm not sure that was like, you know, I, 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 I was more successful, but not, you know, when I made that switch to technology and started selling computers, I got even closer Right to that, I, I I was like, oh man, computers! These things are awesome, and I got in right at the right time. Right, was, mm-hmm. we were just forty sixes. We're just coming on. We're starting to see the early Pentium days, and and uh, it was just a great time to be in computer sales. Although the prices were plummeting in those days, mm-hmm. so it didn't, the retail part didn't work. But that got me back to the bank, back into technology. I did data warehousing for a while, and at a perfect time, project man technology project management, which took me over to Gallup. Now got to do some recruiting and some podcasting. I mean, that's like nine things that I've gotten to that's do. A, in the that's 30 a chain years. of jobs for sure. Yeah. 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 And it, I don't know. I mean, for some people, they work with something similar their whole life. I think for some, they move around, do things differently, try out different stuff. So kind of exciting to see you switch. You know, we thought about journalism for a lot of years. I kind of thought we would, I mean, we even spent some time kind of talking through how do we create a website stuff for you? How do we get some of those kinds of things? But this library, the switch into library, 
and uh, in the opportunities that it may present here in the future was kind of cool. And it was kind of fun to see you get into that and then be excited when you came home from work. You'd like, oh, this happened today. Um, uh, so it's it's been kind of fun. Have you had a, if you were to say a favorite moment from the library oh, since you started or, or what's your favorite thing to do there? What, what, what do you like to do the best? What do I like to do the best? I don't know. I just like all of it. I like, I like that I'm doing something that I know that I'm good at at the end of the day is that I'm, I'm, I'm really efficient. I'm really organized. Um, it's just, it's just harnessing a lot of my strengths. Gallup plug. Um, (laughs) I like it. it. It's harnessing a lot of things that I already am good at and helping me get better at them. And so it's just nice to walk into work and know that I know what I'm doing and that I, the workplace is better for me being in it because I'm good at it. Well, and you kind of knew what you were doing before you got there. You so true. I've been there so many times and I got to know where everything is me and a friend, actually somebody that I met in class for the semester that I was at UNO. um, She got hired the same time as me and we started on the same day. Yeah. And we didn't know that we were both applying. So we showed up and it was like the Spider-Man meme of us being like, I know you, hey. you know me. Hey. Um, and so like, she's not from here. She's, she got moved here by the Air Force because her, her, she's got a parent in the Air Force. And it was nice on the, on our first day when Claire was like, Sammy, you know where you're going. Show, show Lexi around. And so I could just like point, I'm like, I know where all the sections are. I know where all the books go. So like when it came to things like pulling holds and like when I do have to shelve things, usually I don't have to, but sometimes I do help out with that. Um, I already know where all those things go. So that was a huge advantage when I got hired. I'm like, I know, I know how this goes. Yeah. Yeah. I already knew a lot of library policies and on fees and cards and stuff. I, I asked, I was like, do they even need to train you? Can you, and listen, the way on and the, at the end of the first week, the way you talked about the way you were doing things felt like you'd been there a lot longer than a week. It, it does feel like a lot longer than like a month. It feels like I've been there for like six months. Yeah. <laughs> but I also, it just like blended really easily. And a lot of the things, a lot of the skills that I didn't already know, I picked up pretty quickly. And I learned best by doing and so they just like threw me in on the first day. They're like, here, double check this cart or the books. So I just started scanning books and I was like, this is great. Yeah. Yeah. It's good confidence. It's good mm-hmm. confidence builder. You've been, I think you've been happier, more focused. Like it's one of those kinds of things where you kind of settled in, you found your, you know, you kind of found your tribe and you like, you like going in. I never hear you. I never hear you like, oh, I don't want to work today, you know? Um, you're, you're working some weekends. You're doing some. Yeah. Weekends. I work one weekend a month. That's why we're um, late tonight is because you work yeah. week on Thursday. Cause I, I work, I work. So I work evenings on Thursdays and I work one weekend mm-hmm. a month, but like I wasn't doing anything else. So I'm, and like when one of my coworkers is going to be out of, out of the country for a hot minute, I'm like, I'm going to pick up some hours, make some extra money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not a bad thing. Not, not a bad thing. Any, um, if you were to, it, any advice you'd give? I mean, just to, if you think about, well, okay. So most of the people who listen to the show are like me. They're not mm-hmm. like, they're like me, but so what, any advice you'd give to your, your own dad is like, as you think about, you, you know, I, I hear this, I hear this at work among my friends, you know, they, their kids are going to college. They're, they're thinking about going to college. They're starting work. 
any sage advice from a 24 year old that you'd give to, to the, the, the parenting generation? Yeah. You kind of, I mean, you've gone through a major transition on this. Any thoughts? I think the reality is that in your twenties, especially your early twenties, you change a lot. And so like, even if you're absolutely sure going into college that this is what you want to do, you might find out doing it that you don't like it or you do like it while you're doing it. And then something about you changes and you don't like it anymore. And so the reality of being a 20 something is change and is changing your mind and learning things the hard way. And I, I pushed back against that every step of the way until now, basically, because I hated it. I hated the idea that I was wasting money. I hated the idea that I was wasting time. But at the end of the day, none of it is wasted because it is building you into the person that you're going to be. And so just accepting those mistakes, the choices that you make, the ones you still call mistakes when you tuck them in at night, Sarah Kay quote that I love. Um, you got to stop thinking of them as mistakes and just think of them as choices that got you where you are. Yeah. yeah and and where point. maybe where you are isn't great, but it's, it's a step on where you're going. And so like, I just got to believe that I'm going somewhere and it's going to be better yeah. than it was yeah. before. Oh, I agree. I agree. I think you're already there in a lot of ways, you know, and, and I, and I think you're right. The, 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 ex, those experiences are never wasted. Mm-hmm. You, Cause you, like a lot of the things that I learned through being a journalist are important aspects of who I am now. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be who I was if I hadn't gotten to Northwest and done four years of college and gotten all those experiences and met all those people. I wouldn't be who I am. And I like who I am better than I was before I went to college. Mm-hmm. So I think that it was good in the end. Yeah. yeah. Even if I didn't end up where I thought I would. Well, okay. And to be selfish from my perspective, you and I got to spend a ton of time together that so true. you had stayed local. I mean, maybe it would have happened. I, you know, you never know, right? Again, it's know. not, you can't go back. It can't be different. It, mm-hmm. it is, it is what it was. And, uh, you know, you and I got to spend a ton of time together driving to and from, um, school. I was just, I was just at your, uh, I was just yeah, at my alma mater. Is it still your alma mater if you didn't graduate? I'll call it that. I think we okay. can call it. It's whatever. Time. I was there long enough. You were there for four years. So I lived there. We'll, we'll take it just because we don't have the paper. It's okay. Um, but I was just there yesterday recruiting. And as I was driving uh, to and from, I was a passenger mm-hmm. and one of our recruiters drove out there. I was like, eh, I kind of miss these. I kind of miss these drives, these lonely, because it's all, um, it's all it's just country land. roads. or something. Yeah, it's country roads and farm. Eventually the radio gives out and you're like, you got to find new stations. And so you yeah. just turn off the radio yeah. and you just bask in it. We spent a lot of time talking. Sure so did. it was just, it was super great to, to do that. And then, I don't know, I think for me, it's kind of fun to see you move into this, um, you know, kind of move into this new role and you're real happy mm-hmm. and who knows where it'll go. I mean, you don't know, but it's, it's kind of great when you get that job that you're like, yeah. oh, I really like going to work, mm-hmm. you know, and um, part-time for now, I think you're going to get some more hours and uh, yeah. it's going to, it's, it's, we're off to, I think we're off to a good, we're off to a good start. It's pretty cool. Anything that I missed on the library uh, side of things or anything else before we, we kind of wrap it? Don't think so. All right. There's something that I felt like we missed, but I can't think of it anymore. I, I lost it. Brian, we'll we'll wrap it with this. Brian says the enthusiasm is great. Something that 
unfortunately isn't always common in the workplace surely benefits your coworkers as well as your patrons and or your patrons. And yeah, you know, you're excited to be there. You, mm-hmm. you like, I mean, I'm super fortunate. We're in the midst with my job. I'm in the midst of doing a very, very difficult um, data transition. And those just, those never go smooth. Right. Mm-hmm. And for the next couple of weeks, it's going to be a little ugly. And Yet for some people, they're like, oh, this is just killing me. And I kind of wake up every morning like, all right, let's see what we can get done today. I mean, today was today was a super stressful day. Um, I'm sure I made a few of my coworkers not happy with me. But um, and maybe but I helped a couple of customers. We got some things done, had a conversation with our team in Japan, which was which was kind of fun. They were, they were worried about a few things. It's it's kind of cool. I like doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like doing it. So super cool. Well, um, it's it's funny. We were talking about this around Thanksgiving, and that's when you were kind of struggling. The final, kind of the final mm, decision on school. Yeah, and we got you through. And then I thought, well, we'll do it maybe around Christmas, and that didn't work. But then you picked up this job, and as you were talking about these things, I was like, there it is. There's our thing. Because I asked you the question. I mean, just in full transparency, I said, you know, one night you were supposed to be on and you're like, I just don't have anything to talk about. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, no worries. Like, uh, we're not going to, we don't need to force this thing. You just weren't in the zone yet. And yet, how different is that now that you've got this job that you really like? And and I think it shows. I mean, I think you can hear it in your voice and, and I think people are recognizing that. So congrats on the job. And, uh, you know, I get to, we get to talk about this every day. So it sounds kind of weird me saying yeah. that, but, but for folks listening on it, you know, I think it's a big deal and exciting as your dad, super exciting to see you, uh, to get into it and be excited about it. I mean, that's what as dads and moms, that's what we, that's what we wish for that, you know, kids find jobs that, uh, that they find exciting and leads to whatever the next thing is, you know? So, so cool. Any other, any, any final thoughts, anything you want to, you want to end it with and then I'll close this out. I don't think so. All right. Well, with that, we'll remind everyone to join us for future conversations in our discord group, head out to the average guy.tv slash discord. If you want to leave us a message, if you've got an idea for a show or you got a question or something along those lines, you can leave us a message homegadgetgeeks.com. Of course, we thank Christian over at Maple Grove Partners. Get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people that you know and you trust. That's Maple Grove Partners plans still still start at $10 or as little as $10 as he likes me to say. A month, maplegrovepartners.com. Don't forget, and, and Sammy, this is you and me all the time. We're cooking HelloFresh meals and they've really upped the savings, right? So if you haven't tried HelloFresh before, save as much as $110, $110 on your first five boxes. Try it out, $40 on the first box alone. They've got this interesting structure where it starts at 40 and it works its way down. Check it out today. Uh, this I do have a link for, theaverageguy.tv slash HelloFresh, if you want to give that a try. And we we crush it, right? Like we, you, We're you, amazing you, cooks with HelloFresh. I mean, we're pretty good cooks without it, yeah. but we're way better cooks with it. <laughs> It's pretty good. We do at least two a week, sometimes three. We did sometimes, three this week. Sometimes we get a bonus. We had a bonus, and we did it on Sunday. If, it if you're a loyal customer, sometimes you get bonus meals. 
it was it was delicious. It was real you, good. You can um you can what's your favorite by the way? What do you think? Like, what's your go to favorite HelloFresh meal? Oh, that's a good one, man. I love the shepherd's pie. Oh, yeah. Like that one's such a classic. Mm-hmm. So comforting. Also the Italian noodle soup with the Italian mm-hmm. chicken sausage. That one's mm-hmm. real good. Flautas like, are good. I like those. Fla- yeah, the beef flautas. Excellent. I like those. Yeah, just some good some They're good. Just stuff. good, man. Oh, the, the Italian chicken over lemony spaghetti, the classic. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah, and that you can beef up and, and beef yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, you can move. you can double that one really easily if you're yeah. feeding an army. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's pretty great. It's pretty great. And they've they've worked hard to kind of keep I mean they have a ton of offerings. I was I just logged into the app the other day and I was surprised that like there was like 19 different meals in there. And yeah. you're like, holy crap. When I first started HelloFresh, it was like six. Yeah, it was. So, it, they've really upped the ante. They really have. Yeah, give it a try. TheAverageGuy.tv slash HelloFresh. You can contact the show. Send me an email, Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. I'm not really on Twitter much anymore, but at Jay Collison. And of course, uh, like I said before, you can join us in the uh, the Discord group. That's where the conversation goes on. TheAverageGuy.tv slash Discord. Thanks for coming out tonight. If you're listening live, we probably won't do much of a post show. Um, John says, thanks, Sammy. Appreciate the, this is awesome show. We probably don't want, won't do most uh, much of a post show, but that with that, we'll say goodbye.